You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into Locked On Cardinals for Monday, April the 25th of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show at LJ Fastball on Twitter. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thanks for tuning in on this lovely Monday. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of the day. A little bit delayed this Monday as uh, Apartments Wi-Fi was out uh, since last night, uh, since Sunday night. So finally got it back up and running this afternoon. So we'll be talking some Cardinal baseball today. Thank you for bearing with me and uh, understanding in this inconvenience. But a lot of good Cardinal baseball to talk about this week uh, as the Cardinals did take two out of three against the Cincinnati Reds at Cincinnati. You know, I was, I was, cutting, I was trying to be bold. On Friday, I was talking about a sweep, predicted a sweep. Obviously, did not come to fruition, but nevertheless, you did see some really good things um, this weekend in Cincinnati. So we're going to start with the pitching, we're going to talk about the offense, and then to end the show, we'll be talking about um, the upcoming series this week that starts tonight against the New York Mets. But I'm going to start with the pitching, because we saw some really good pitching performances this week, uh, this weekend, excuse me. We're going to start with the starters. And on Friday, it was Steven Matz getting the job done. Uh, he, as he just impressed for a second consecutive start. As he goes five innings, does give up seven hits and walk two. So nine base runners over five innings, probably a little bit more than you'd like to see. But just the one earned run, he struck out six. And what was huge from the Cardinals' perspective were the ground balls that he was able to get seven ground outs by Steven Matz. Two double plays. One went from Sosa, Edmund Goldschmidt. The other, around the horn, Arnado, Edmund Goldschmidt. And when this Cardinal team turns double plays, no matter how difficult it is, they make it look awfully easy. Steven Matz apparently listens to this show, or at least just know... Um, just knows his success in terms of trying to keep the ball on the ground. And yeah, you might like to see him go six, seven innings instead of just five, but 80 pitches over five innings. Like I said, seven hits, a little, little tall, but at the end of the day, Steven Matz is giving you stuff he can continue to build off of, right? Steven Matz is somebody that maybe hasn't put it all together for a long dominant start, but has put together a couple of really nice starts and has impressed early on in his Cardinal tenure and has become, at least through a couple starts, pretty reliable for the St. Louis Cardinals. After two starts, you pretty much know what you're going to get from, from Mr. Matz. Or three starts, excuse me. One really bad one, the other two have been really good. So the key for Matz is to simply just keep it up. He is somebody that is going to be successful in this Cardinal uniform. I've said that from day one. If he's able to do what he does best consistently, and that is keeping the ball on the ground. He was able to do that on Friday. Cardinals offense was able to get just enough with two runs in that fourth inning for the St. Louis Cardinals to, to back up Matz. And it was a solid, solid game plan for Steven Matz against the Cincinnati Reds. So that was a good, positive win for the Cardinals. And then you move on to Saturday. More good pitching as the Cardinals shut out the Reds, largely in part due to Dakota Hudson. As he was, he was, he was phenomenal might be a bit much but he was really really good he went six and two-thirds he only gave up two hits he did walk four but he also struck out four the big number to me no earned runs 
He himself got eight ground outs to two fly outs, so he was also keeping the ball on the ground. Two double plays turned behind him. He even got some help with Harrison Bader on a laser from center field to, to Nava, a Reds runner at third base. Two good starts by Matt and Hudson. These are two starters that did not have good good time first round through the rotation. Dakota Hudson really hadn't had a good time at all, even through his second start. But this start on Saturday, once again, he has something now to build off of. Dakota Hudson, I think, has the capability to be a really good starter for the St. Louis Cardinals this year. Hasn't shown it a ton yet. But this is a good, positive start. Step in the right direction for Dakota Hudson. Dakota Hudson has a lot of movement, a lot of tail in his sinker. I think that's why he gets into trouble sometimes with the walks. But when he's throwing ball in the strike zone, keeping the ball on the ground, phenomenal. Has the potential to be really, really good. And the Cardinals... You know, the big theme of today's show is this, the Cardinals taking care of business. In baseball, the biggest key to success, in my opinion, from season seasonal standpoint, Game 1 to Game 162, winning series. And the Cardinals won the series at Miami. They didn't pull out the sweep, but they won the series. The Cardinals won the series against Cincinnati. Didn't pull out the sweep, but they won the series, in large part due to the arms they had on the mound. Wayne Knight did struggle yesterday. We're going to talk about him in a little while. But between Mats, Hudson, and the bullpen, holy cow, is the bullpen just straight up phenomenal this weekend. One earned run the Cardinal bullpen gave up. That was charged to Giovanni Gagos in the ninth inning on Saturday. We're going to work our way backwards. TJ McFarland, two scoreless yesterday, as well as Jake Woodford finally getting back into the action. He pitched a scoreless inning. Then you go back to Saturday. I already mentioned Dakota Hudson, but beyond that, you had an inning and a third of scoreless baseball from Palante and a scoreless ninth inning from Cody Whitley. And then, as I mentioned, the one earned run was charged to uh, Giovanni Gallegos in the ninth inning of Friday's game. But before that, you had a scoreless inning from Whitgren. An inning and a third of scoreless baseball from Ryan Helsley. Two-thirds of scoreless baseball from Giovanni Gallegos. And then just the one earned run and a shaky ninth inning for Giovanni Gallegos. But he did knock down his fourth save at the time. One earned run in a weekend set is extremely impressive. They took care of business. They did what they needed to do. They are proving right now, I understand it's early, but they are proving right now that this is a team to be reckoned with. Starting play on Monday, Cardinals and Brewers tied for first place. Cardinals are 9-5, Brewers are 10-6. The Cardinals have a plus-19 run differential. 60 runs scored to just 41 against their 3-1 at home, 6-4 on the road, 4-3 against teams above 500, 6-4 in the division, 2-1 outside of it, 1-0 in interleague play. The Cardinals this weekend, especially on the mound, simply put, took care of business and are just playing the kind of baseball that they need to play right now. On MLB.com, their power rankings came out today. They were bumped up to number five in the power rankings. It's really early. I get it. We're not even in May yet, so I'm not trying to, you know, Cardinals World Series are bust right now. No, I'm not trying to change my expectations at all or, or make this team the 1927 Yankees or anything of that nature. I'm not. All I'm saying is, through the couple turns of the rotation now, this this starting rotation is starting to find it. Starting to find it. The offense struggled a little bit this weekend. That's okay. But when you look at the schedule upcoming for the St. Louis Cardinals, it doesn't get any lighter. You have a three-game set this week against the Mets. Then you have a four-game set against the Diamondbacks this weekend. A three-game set, one at home against Kansas City, and then two on the road. And then a four-game set at San Francisco before their next off day. 
their next scheduled off day on May the 9th. So yeah, not a ton of firepower outside of the Mets and Giants, but this Cardinal pitching staff, especially the bullpen, if it's able to be as dominant as it was this weekend, bodes well for the rest of the season. It'll be interesting to see what relievers do and don't make the cut once the rosters get slimmed down on May 1st. And you're only able to take, I think it's 14 pitchers, maybe 12, 13, I forget what it is. I know the rosters are being slimmed down to 26. So we'll see what pitchers are able to make the cut there. But pitching, the Cardinals just, like I, like I said, took care of business over the weekend. Offensively, they did just enough to win. And the good thing for the Cardinals, Paul Goldtrin starting to heat up. We'll talk about him coming up here in just a moment. But before I go any further in today's show, want to take a break and talk about why spring is in the air. Spring is in the air. It's a time of renewal and growth, both personally and professionally. And as your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond on the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then just add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Offense didn't necessarily explode over the weekend. Four, five, and one runs in each game, respectively speaking. But they did just enough, and they started the scoring early on Friday. And Paul Goldschmidt had himself a weekend series. He was three for five, two runs driven in on Friday. When it starts to hit around this time of year, this is when Paul Goldschmidt starts to heat up. right? Three for five on Friday, two for five again on Saturday. And yesterday, even though he didn't have the RBI um, that, that the Cardinals drove in, that, that belonged to Tyler O'Neill. the first two games of the weekend were just superb for Paul Goldschmidt. He went two for four again yesterday as well. Um, scored. He did score the run, is what I was trying to get at with, uh, with the RBI there. But when Goldie starts to heat up, this lineup gets awfully deadly. Gets awfully serious. Offense, again, it did not explode like you thought it would have. The, the to, the, to their credit, Reds pitching was pretty solid for the most part this weekend as well. Not as shut down as the Cardinals were, other than Nick Lodolo. But Hunter Green, the Cardinals, like I talked about on Friday, I think they used the adrenaline against him a little bit. He only got to go three and a third innings, gave up four hits, three runs, all of them earned. He walked four. He did strike out three. His fastball didn't look as lively as, as it had in starts past, but he gets tagged with his second loss of his young major league career, but Cardinals still able to, to get to him early. Bullpen beyond that, Hoffman gave up a run, but then Sessa, Mortea, Diaz, and Farmer all were scoreless in their one innings each of work. So they were, you know, the, the, the Reds did shut down the Cardinal offense from, from that perspective. The Cardinals on Friday did not have a single extra base hit. All 10 of their hits were singles, which is 
bizarre in and of itself just because it's a pretty deep offense, but also because it's Cincinnati uh, Great American Ballpark. Cardinals had two extra base hits on Saturday, a double from Kisner and a double from Goldschmidt. And then yesterday, in their worst offensive day of the weekend, uh, the Cardinals did get an RBI double from Tyler O'Neill as well as a double from Goldschmidt and Dylan Carlson. Not one home run hit this weekend by either team. So I think from the Cardinals' standpoint, you know, Jeff and Steve talk about the red standpoint of locked on Reds. But from the Cardinals' standpoint, they're not relying on the home run ball like they were the first week or so of the season. They're, they're still going to hit their fair share of homers. So I don't doubt that. I'm not worried. I'm not terrified of it. But the offense, again, did just, just enough for the Cardinals, especially um, from the uh, perspective of, of uh, excuse me, of Saturday when they won 2-1. to one. So the Cardinals offense, there are some some trouble areas that, that I want to get into. And one one of those being shortstop. Sosa and DeYoung are kind of battling right now for that for that starting shortstop position. I said two to one, I meant four to two earlier, excuse me. Uh, but the shortstop position, in my opinion, could be up for grabs. Because DeYoung, while he's looked good in certain at bats, the numbers just aren't there for Paul DeYoung right now. Plain and simple. Um, I, I understand it's early. I understand you could look too deep into numbers, not enough. But starting your season five for 36 with one home run, four runs driven in, that's just not going to cut it. Five for 36, he struck out 15 times in the last 15 games. His average is 139. His on base is 262. He's slugging 278 for an on base, excuse me, for an OPS of 540. I really like DeYoung. I'm rooting for DeYoung, but at the end of the day, those numbers just aren't going to cut it. Then you switched over to Edmundo Sosa, who was 1 for 4 in yesterday's game. Not as many at-bats for Edmundo Sosa. He's just 3 for 12 to start his uh, season. Struck out four times in the last seven games. Um, Two runs scored for Sosa. So again, smaller sample size for Edmundo Sosa. But the shortstop position is one of intrigue. Because you have somebody who's been there for a while, who seemed to have had that position on lock, is struggling, and now you're starting to see somebody sneak through the cracks. And somebody else you're seeing in that very similar manner is at the catching position. I mean, no disrespect to Yadier Molina and his time as a Cardinal. None. But you can't tell me that Andrew Kisner has not played better than Yadier Molina at times this season, arguably for the entire season. Again, I'm a huge Yadier Molina fan. I've watched him since I was four or five years old. I get it. But he is just four for 29 to start his season. That's a 138 average. 138 on base. He hasn't walked a single time. And 138 slug, four singles. You switch over to Andrew Kisner, who is getting more and more starts. He was two for three on Saturday's win when he caught Dakota Hudson for example, but he's having a very good start to his season. He's 7 for 22. That's a 318 batting average. A home run, six runs driven in. Two runs scored. Is on base of 375. He's slugging 545 and an OPS of 920. Two intriguing positions that I think at one point you might only see Molina start with Adam Wainwright. And at some point you might even see Paul DeYoung get completely benched. 
I think there's a possibility of that happening. I really do. Especially if Sosa is able to do what he did last year and impress even minimally like he did last season because right now Paul DeYoung is just simply not cutting it. You've also got Harrison Bader that is struggling a tad in center field. Carlson O'Neill are starting to you know, starting to get to that worry point. So the offense, like I said, they did just enough. And then the theme of this show, talking about they took care of business. The offense didn't necessarily take care of business. Again, they did enough to win the games, obviously. Scored enough runs. But against the Reds, you need you need to leave no doubt, offensively speaking. Period. Sunday was not kind. You know, I mentioned giving credit to where credit is due. Give credit to Nick Lodolo on Sunday. It was phenomenal from the left side. Umpire was questionable, not a, but we'll leave that for, for everybody else's discussions. He was five and two-thirds, five hits, and earned run, seven punch-outs. He was phenomenal. He was good. He was pretty efficient, threw 79 pitches in those five and two-thirds, of inning, 57 of those for strikes. So the offense, again, they did enough to win. you got to be happy with that, but you also have to wonder... What's the next step, or what's the next level, I guess I should say, for the Cardinal offense? Is there another level, or are they going to have to rely this heavily on their pitching the whole year? Because Sunday was not kind to the offense, and Sunday was also not kind to Adam Wainwright. And there's an argument that Sunday, we saw one of Oliver Marmol's first real management blunders. There's a couple thought processes in my head about how he could have managed the game just a little bit better. And again, hindsight is twenty twenty. I understand that. But Adam Wainwright, even though he was able to gut through five innings and keep his team in the game, he didn't have it yesterday. He, he, he did. Five, five innings was his total line. Eight hits, four earned runs, three walks, and three strikeouts. So when you look at should the Cardinals have taken him out earlier, or should, should Oliver Marmol have taken him out earlier, we go to the sixth inning. Lead-off double by Tommy Fan on a Fam on a hang and breaking ball. Then Adam Wainwright uncorks a wild pitch. Joey Votto walks. So you got runners on first and third, nobody out, and a left-handed hitting uh, Colin Moran up next. TJ McFarland ended up did coming in to face Nick Senzel after. Um, Wainwright gave up a base hit to Colin Moran. But why is TJ McFarlane not in that game sooner? Why is TJ McFarlane not coming in to face Colin Moran left on left with a double play ball opportunity? Colin Moran had the sacrifice fly RBI in the first inning as well. Colin Moran is a notorious cardinal killer as well. So that's one that I would have liked to see Marmol give Wainwright the hook a little bit earlier, and maybe there's a little, not intimidation on Wainwright's part, but there is the fact that he's Adam Wainwright, and he's your ace, he's your horse, you're going to go out there and let him work. I get that. I do, honestly. But when he doesn't have it like he did, and you've got a lefty coming up, such my opinion, the situation dictated a reliever there. And I think in the top of the sixth, that we had a situation that could have had a pinch hitter. Uh, did you have a double by Goldsman, a double by O'Neill? so you got one run. At this time, it's still 3-1. to one. The Nolan Arenado gets out, and then a right-hander comes in for the Cincinnati Reds in, uh, excuse me, in Tony Santillan. Apologies if I'm pronouncing that name wrong. And then Albert Pujols comes to the plate. I understand that, and I've, I've talked about this before, I understand 
that he is going to need at-bats against right-handed pitching. I understand that matchups could dictate that. I still think in that when you have a run-scoring opportunity and Albert did not look good against Nick Lodolo as well. I mean, he just didn't. Albert uh, ended up popping out, but he was 0-2 for 2 anyways against Lodolo with a strikeout on a check swing. I think we could have seen a pinch hitter there, and that would have been the better option. So I, I really have liked Marmol early in this season. I just thought on Sunday we saw a couple moments of, well, what, what are we doing here? So Cardinals, again, took care of business overall this weekend, especially on the mound. There are a couple of areas of concern that I just talked about when you're talking about um, when you're talking about offensively, DeYoung versus Sosa, Molina versus Kisner. Things to start thinking about. We'll see who's able to start and not start this week and what Marmol does. Because this week is a big series for the St. Louis Cardinals as they face the New York Mets. New York Mets currently hold a four-game lead in the National League East. They have a plus 32 run differential. This is arguably the second team the Cardinals have faced with legit playoff hopes this this season so far. Other one being the Milwaukee Brewers. So we're previewing this uh, series coming up here. In just a moment, but first, I want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar on Wednesday, best tasting protein bar on the market, excuse me, and that is a Built Bar. They have incredible flavors of Built Bar. They also have this incredible product called a Puff. A Puff is a first ever protein infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they are a treat, and they're covered 100% in real chocolate. They are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors of their own. So you can't go wrong with taste on the puffs or the bars, and you can get incredible health benefits out of the bars as well because most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your candy bar, which is usually around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Yeah, candy bars, not the option. Built Bars. Those are what you want to go with. And at Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first. Then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Cardinals and Mets this week in St. Louis. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I want to thank you once again for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. Be sure to check out the Locked On Now podcast as well after your, this last segment. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Lock On Now is a great, great source for information. So this weekend series, like I mentioned, the, the Mets are a playoff team right now with a lot of division a lot of playoff hopes. They're the only team above 500 in the National League East. As it stands right now, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. Like I mentioned, plus 32 run differential early in the season, but they have impressed early in the season. Um, they're, they're good. I, I, I really do think that this Mets team is maybe not a World Series contender like a lot of Mets fans want to believe, but I do think that they are a really good baseball team. First pitch tonight. 6.45 Central Time, and we are seeing um, a familiar face pitch tonight against the St. Louis Cardinals, and that is Max Scherzer. He's 3-0 to start his season, a 2-5 year, 23 punch outs. Michaelis gets the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Talking about offensively speaking, this is not going to be an easy night for the St. Louis Cardinals offense. Here are some of the numbers that the Cardinals' bats have against Max Scherzer in their career. Nolan Arenado, 2 for 10. Harrison Bader, 2 for 10. Dylan Carlson, 0 for 7. Paul DeYoung and Dick Corey Dickerson actually have good numbers. Paul DeYoung is 308 and 13 at-bats with three runs driven, and so I expect DeYoung to get the start tonight. And Corey Dickerson is hitting 417 and 12 at-bats with a home run and two runs driven in as well. Tommy Evan is the last positive one I'll talk about with any substantial amount of at-bats. He is 4 for 9 with a home run, two runs driven in against Scherzer. Paul Goldschmidt is hitting a buck 56 against Max Scherzer and 32 at-bats. Yadier Molina is hitting 059 and 17 at-bats. And Albert Pujols is hitting 083 and 12 at-bats. Amundo Sosa is 1 for 3 against Scherzer, so some positivity there. But offensively speaking, Sunday was tough. And I'm betting Monday is going to be tough for the St. Louis Cardinals offense as well. Because Max Scherzer is no easy feat. So we'll see what Miles Michaelis is able to do for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's going to have to arguably match zeros because you have to expect Max Scherzer is going to give you zeros um, from the Mets' perspective. And then on Tuesday, it's going to be Jordan Hicks getting his second career start. Hopefully he's able to go a little bit more than just three innings. Cardinals facing Chris Bassett. He's 2-1 with a 3 ERA. Not a ton of experience against Bassett. Pujols is 4-17 with 12 at-bats with a home run, two runs driven in with Bassett setting time in Oakland and Albert being in, in Anaheim. Um, so maybe Albert gets to start on Tuesday against Bassett with the good numbers. We'll see. And then Wednesday, uh, getaway day, or a day game anyways. Uh, Cardinals are, are home the whole weekend. So 12-15 is the first pitch there. Um, and it's going to be... Carlos Carrasco, who has had a phenomenal start to his season against Steven Matz. Steven Matz is going to get the start against his former team on Wednesday. This is going to be a, a, a tough series for the Cardinals just because of who the Mets have on the mound. I think the Cardinals have, you know, have a pretty good set of arms on the mound as well. But man, oh man, do the Mets have a tough one, two, three coming at the St. Louis Cardinals this week. So it's going to be a tall task. I'm not even going to bother giving a prediction. I'm not trying to. to get out of anything, but holy cow, it's going to be it's going to be tough this week for the St. Louis Cardinals. They get a little bit of a break again this weekend with a, with a three-game set against the Diamondbacks. I hate to say a break because it's still uh, a major league team, but again, the Cardinals have, have shown so far that they're at least in the conversation for a playoff team, for a, for a division title. They've played well against the division. This is a Another division winner at the, at the time right now, right? First place in the division, in their division. They took, they've taken care of business on the road against the Marlins and the Reds. Now it's time for the Cardinals to try and go take care of business against the New York Mets. Thank you for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen. Apologies for a little bit of a delay. Tomorrow I'll be recapping this one against Max Scherzer as well as be going in-depth more to what tomorrow's start uh, to what um, tomorrow's starter brings, going in-depth with Chris Bassett um, and previewing that matchup. Talking about the game tonight, hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully Cardinals are able to stay competitive against Max Scherzer. Offense has got to wake up this week if the Cardinals want to find success against the Mets. Plain and simple. So until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.